1: Premier David Eby. Get used to saying that. David Eby was sworn in as the province's 37th premier at the Musqueam Community Centre in Vancouver. The first swearing in, first ever swearing in of a premier hosted by a First Nation in British Columbia. Mr. Eby was led into the community centre by First Nations Drums. Now before the swearing in he took a part took part in a Musqueam blanketing ceremony and was told to use it as a warm embrace from the community when he feels frustrated or sad. Musqueam Chief Wayne Sparrow welcomed the crowd, gathered for the event and thanked that Mr. Eby's wife Uh, Dr. Kaylee Lynch and his two children acknowledging that their father would be taken away to work on behalf of the province. Here is our new Premier being sworn in.
0: I, David Robert Patrick Eby I, David Robert Patrick Eby swear that I will serve His Majesty swear that I will serve His Majesty duly and faithfully duly and faithfully and to the best of my ability and to the best of my ability fulfill the responsibilities and trust granted to me fulfill the responsibilities and the trust granted to me. As a member of the Executive Council of British Columbia. As a member of the Executive Council of British Columbia. I hereby declare you David Robert Patrick Eby, duly sworn and appointed as Premier and President of the Executive Council of the Government of British Columbia. Congratulations, Premier Eby. (laughs)
1: There it is. David Eby becomes Premier David Eby, or 37th Premier. Of course, he uh, replaces his fellow New Democrat, John Horgan, who, of course, announced last June he was leaving office... Uh, due to health concerns now premier eby uh, didn't waste a lot of time he made some news today not just with the swearing in uh, but with uh, some credits and uh, promises promising to do more in regards to helping low-income residents as well and that's where our good friend richard zussman comes in he's global bc's uh, legislative reporter uh, in victoria richard thank you for joining us It's going to take a bit of time, Jess, getting used to that Premier EB
0: thing instead of just Dave or David EB or Minister EB. So it was funny having to call him Premier for the first time at that press conference. You just got to make sure your brain's working, you know, right to make sure you don't screw it up. He's earned that job, I guess, at this point. Now he's got to prove it to British Columbians.
1: Exactly. Well, he didn't waste time. He announced a $100 cost of living credit for residents uh, in in regards to their electricity bills. Uh, Were you surprised by that at all? I was, and I'd spoken to a few you know,
0: members of the cabinet and MLAs and those in the event, and they were surprised that he came out with such a big announcement. We knew that this hydro piece was something that was being worked on. Uh, John Horgan, then Premier John Horgan, had mentioned that this was something they were working through with BC Hydro. We didn't know how much, or we didn't know what it would look like or when it would come, but to deliver it in the speech when you're getting sworn in is showing to British Columbians that they are trying to tackle this issue of inflation and affordability. So just the nuts and bolts of it, for any a customer of BC Hydro or those who get their services through Fortis BC or a municipality through Hydro, you will get a $100 credit applied back to your bill in December. Uh, commercial payers could get up to $500 in a credit to support small businesses, restaurants, retailers. And then on top of that, there is a new D.C. affordability credit. That one's a little bit more complex. It's based on income. But if you're a family that makes anywhere up to $150,000 a year, you will be eligible for this credit uh, and
1: that will come into place in the new year. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and I want to clarify this: the um, the hydro rebate that was mentioned earlier by then Premier Horgan was it not in the summertime?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And it was part of this package when uh, Horgan uh, rolled out. Again, it's going to be hard to not call him Premier anymore <laughs> um, when Horgan rolled out his affordability measure he mentioned the last piece of the pie was looking at hydro rates and we knew that something was coming but we finally got those details today but it wasn't just that jazz and we can focus on these in effect but evie says on sunday his public safety Mm -hmm. announcement's coming that's a story that we did last week we have uh, exclusive on the news hour around Uh, consolidating services with the province in the downtown east side, leading to coordination. We'll get many more details on that on Sunday. And then two big pieces of legislation coming Monday on housing. Like he is hitting the ground on those big issues that matter, affordability, housing, public safety. And he's also mentioned that a healthcare promise is coming at some point in the next two weeks, largely built around um, internationally trained healthcare workers and ensuring, as he described, that they're not on the sidelines. So, Policy pieces, things for British Columbians all within the first few weeks from the job on the things that matter the most that 's setting a tone here
1: wow that, i mean I, when, you, when, when you mentioned the housing um, issue, I thought maybe you know next spring and 'll think it through in regards to some of these changes, what well, will have significant impact not only in Vancouver but small town British Columbia, many older neighborhoods as well, if you allow. You know, two or, or sorry, three uh, uh, residents on one lot. Uh, all those yep. kind of things have a significant impact in regards, just not just infrastructure and simple, practical things like vehicles. How many vehicles you have on 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 your street? Those are quite significant. I don't know exactly what he's going to bring in, but I you know, can see him thinking that big, right? And we and we know what's in his housing plan. And, but what ends up in the
0: legislation is the question because there'll be a lot of pieces of legislation that will need to be amended. So, do we see the anti flipping tax right away? Do we see this ability, as you described, to change zoning at residential properties? Will we see some of these tools pulled around? strata and the changes to the strata plans will we see put into legislation these commitments around new housing this is what we'll see in the details on monday we know the roadmap, but we will get those next steps and again he's been working through transition the liberals have been critical of him oh why aren't you in the house why aren't you debating well He's been working behind the scenes and he is coming out swinging here with a number of big pieces that will get a lot of attention as he builds towards swearing in his new cabinet
1: on December 7th. On the public safety side, I mean, to a certain degree, his hands are tied. Are they not? I mean, when I think of, of short-term solutions, um, and I'm thinking about Vancouver here, where we're at, 100 more police officers and mental health nurses in the short term would probably have a bigger impact, I would think, for people's perceptions and views of crime and public safety than anything the provincial government can do short-term. Yeah, and the short-term piece around the province, David Eby told me that he does not believe
0: encampments work. And we will see what role the province plays here in ending the encampment on Hastings, ending the encampment in Crab Park. Yes, he has to work with the city and police and fire and the courts in some regards, but that coordination is now going to take place with the province. People, ever since he made that, you know, ever since he outlined those ideas and that will lead to this announcement on Sunday, there have been questions about do you really want to take on the downtown side as a political problem because it's something the politicians of all stripes have tried and failed to address. He's now trying to take that course, and that's only part of the public safety piece, Mm -hmm. but it's so visible to so many jazz, and it will show if
1: visibly, if visibly people see something different in that community, that will make a difference. I know. I, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, uh, you know, the, I, the, that Vancouver Police Department report was just absolutely silly. I don't think if you handed that paper in with no. us, what they cited in a first year poli sci class, the, the, the professor would fail you, in my opinion. But uh, it did, uh, you know, lead to broader conversation in regards to how are we spending our money and how effective is it. And he's got a point. I mean, there are there are silos there, and and if it's dealt with in a meaningful way in a post COVID environment where people actually feel safer. I mean, I've had people on this show, women calling. This show, women who have been guests on the show, they don't like going out in the evening in the downtown area or in and around downtown because of that, their views of safety, and that—that's the core issue. And it's the middle-class voters and what they think, and that needs to be fixed. But it was stunning to me after we ran
0: that story on the Newshour about the province taking over coordination. You heard. The mayor of Vancouver, Ken Sim, applaud it. You heard the chief of the Vancouver police, Adam Palmer, applaud it. This has support all over the place, and it's about addressing, as you said, that core issue of, you know what it's like, jazz in politics. It is largely about how people feel. Do mm. they feel that government is doing enough to help them? And one of those feelings is, do I feel safe? And that is going to be the test for David Eby, is can he pull... These strings on issues to make
1: f- people feel that something's being done and feel safer in their community. In many ways, public safety uh, and and housing or affordability. If if he is seen as a honest broker trying to do his best to do the right thing, if people feel he's on their side, this sets him up well for the next election. But if he if they fail miserably, it's a whole different conversation. Come twenty twenty four. No, exactly. And that's how he's going to be judged. And we
0: ran a story last night in the news, our profile of David Eby introducing you to his family and what he's like in that end. But he also raised the really important point is we are going to have to find things to show British Columbians that things are better now. And there are so many ways of doing that, the price of gas, the price of a house, the way people get through traffic, the way they can find a childcare spot. Do they feel confident walking down the street in downtown? And those are just a few. Can they find a family doctor? These are the things that every voter is going to assess, each and every one of those elements that impact our daily lives. That is how he's going to be judged. She knows that. People are not, and you know, you know the old saying, oppositions don't win governments, governments lose them. And it's going to be up to the government to prove to people that they can deliver on the things that they need.
1: Yeah, do you think he, any, any chance of an early election call?
0: I don't, I, or if early would be, in my thought, spring of 2024, it's now scheduled for fall of 2024. I don't think he goes any earlier because of all the factors you and I have discussed. There are so many issues he needs to manage. You look at the polls... People still don't know him. Mm -hmm. He needs to get people to know him, and that takes time. So my sense is we're probably going to see something in 2024. I could be wrong. I've been wrong on this before, but we will see. He needs the time to build up that credibility, and and he has to watch external forces. He has no control over the global economy, settling out of the pandemic, finding family doctors, uh, dealing with the overall issue of recession and the economy and inflation. housing pressures, those are all things he needs to
1: let stabilize before asking
0: people to vote for.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting couple of years, that's for sure. Richard, thank you. I'm guessing I'll be on the show again before the next election, so I look
0: forward to the next election. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right.